You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. Mitch here from Geek Elite Media, and I want to talk to you about Cuts by Candice, an experienced hairstylist that is willing to work with you to get the right look for you. When it comes to important events in my life and I need to look good, I trust my hair with Candice. Mention our promo code GEEKOUT when making your appointment through the end of May 2019 and you will get 10% off your hair services. Follow Cuts by Candice on Facebook and Cuts by Candice 3 on Instagram and start looking the best you, you can. The future comes and now my watch begins. It shall not end until my death. I shall miss no game, withhold no news, report all rumors. I shall wear no jerseys and plead allegiance to no side. I shall live and die on my webpage. I am the word in the darkness. I am the watcher of the TV. I am the megaphone that informs the realms of geek. I pledge my hands and name to the Geeks Watch, for the Geeks and all the Geeks to come. Between toes? You are really. I hate you so much. <laughs> Welcome back for another shift on the Geeks Watch. We are here talking about the last season of Game of Thrones. Oh my god. Hand clap emoji. <laughs> uh, John, the long night was it? Was it long for you? Yes, <laughs> that's what she said. Oh, <laughs> and and Stephen, what, I mean, you, what did you think of the long night? I was lucky. I got to watch it at Mitch's house this time. I, I live somewhere else, but I came to town. That's right. And I got to watch that with them, so it made it better. Oh, I, I feel I feel validated. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, you know what? Maybe it was because I got to watch it with some people or maybe it was just I was really psyched about the episode, but I, I enjoyed it a lot. So we will definitely get into that later on after we talk about geek news for the week and we we venture into a legacy. You have a you have or I mean a lineage. You have a lineage for this week, John? Uh, yeah, we'll talk a little bit about the uh, fabled weapons that were used in this uh, episode. The only things yeah. that can hurt the, the Walking Dead. Oh wait, that's another show. That's yeah. another network. Sorry. Uh, all right, let's talk about some uh, some geek news. Uh, unfortunately, the first story we're going to talk about is uh, the the passing of Peter Mayhew, uh, also known as Chewbacca from the Star Wars series. Yeah, it's unfortunate. It's it sounded like he he passed away on April thirtieth uh, in his sleep in his home, and uh, his family tweeted out on the May first or May second about it. Uh, May 2nd, um, letting the rest of the world know. And I mean, obviously, it's unfortunate he passed away, but it, it everybody goes at some time, right? Yeah. And he's been sick for a while. Was it, John, was it 2015 when he stepped aside, stepped away from playing Chewbacca for anything? Well, no, he did play Chewbacca in The Force Awakens in a couple of scenes. Um, mm. But yeah, he, he didn't do a lot of the standing parts or any of the action whatsoever. It was more just a. Yeah. Um, like a, what do you call it? Um, uh, you know, just not it was like celebratory, a, it was a nice thing. but yeah, it was like, hey, you know, we'll, one last time, throw on the uh, the furry suit, you know? 
Yeah. And um, yeah, so yeah, he hasn't been doing anything since then. I don't think he was doing anything for a very long time after that anyway, or before that, rather. Um, mm-hmm. And I actually got to meet him at one of the Comic Cons in San Diego one year. Nice. It was uh, the year... Of our Lord, 2000. Yes, 20 odds. Yeah, it was like 2006, 2007. Um, I don't know how it happened. I got invited to an after party. There were some minor celebrities there. I got to meet Ray Park, uh, this douchebag that that thought he was the real Han Solo for some reason. And (laughs) Peter Mayhew was there. Wait, 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 wait. Is is it? Are we talking about the guy who played Han Solo in Solo? Is that no, 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 no. This was just some cosplayer, but he okay. had the swagger. Like, you didn't like that movie, so I could see you referring to the star of that movie as this. <laughs> <laughs> Which one was this guy? Aaron Egerbright or Taron Egerton? Taron Reich. Not this? Taron Egerton, that's for sure. <laughs> it's, it's one of those it, weird uh, new names. Alden Aaron Reich. Alden Aaron Reich. Ah, oh, that guy. Yeah. Albrecht Aaron Spiel or something. Okay, is this the new <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch? Yes, this <laughs> Benadryl. Yeah. Cucumber salad? Yes. Didn't right. uh, crumble bread. <laughs> but yes, Peter Mayhew was a really awesome dude. He was really gracious to his fans. And, um, you know, I was too embarrassed to ask him to do a chewy noise, but I heard he was really prolific at it. But, I mean, was he... I thought... I mean, he didn't do the original chewy no. sounds, right? He just did the movement. No, he actually spoke his lines in English, and then they just dubbed over him. But... He like learned how to do those growls and those sound effects himself, uh, just as like a for funsies, and right. he was really really good at it. Apparently, okay, yeah, that makes sense. You got to figure Ray Park can probably say Toad's lines and jump around like Darth Maul pretty good too. <laughs> I mean, jumping around like Darth Maul is his is his thing. That's his shtick. <laughs> it's like the monkeys; they learn how to play the instruments after the. Fact. I mean, there's a reason why they got um, Sam. Whitworth Whitworth to to be the voice of Darth Maul in the show and not Ray Park. Well, no, it it was before that. It wasn't even Ray Park anyway. It was uh, Steven Serafinovich. There was Darth Maul before episode one? Well, the voice of Darth Maul in episode one was Steven Serafinovich. Oh, I didn't know that. Really? really? The Tick? uh, Yeah. What? Yeah. And uh, on top of that, a few years ago, he also had an interview online. It's a short clip. It's like 10 minutes where it basically accounts his entire involvement with episode one and how horrible it was. And he was just bad mouthing Lucas and talking crap about the production. I mean, in a good way, it is still fairly funny. (laughs) Um, But then he mentioned recently that he was kind of butthurt that he wasn't asked to come back to voice Maul and Solo. And I was Why like, well, that was gonna happen after yeah, that. I was like, you kind of talked a lot of shit. You bit the hand that fed you. And he would be the first to say, yeah, well, they didn't feed me well. You know what? No, you know what the, I'm, the, I'm most upset about is that he's not going to be coming back for the the Snake Eyes solo film that they're going to be doing over there. Oh, they're going to cast somebody else yeah. or somebody younger, I'm sure. Probably. Yeah. Oh, uh, <laughs> that's a shame. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, Peter Mayhew, he was just about to turn 75. Uh We'll miss him. Rest well, man. Phil Lord and Chris Miller, makers of, uh, well, they were almost made the solo movie. (laughs) The first version of the solo movie. (laughs) Uh, But they did make the most amazing Spider-Man movie to date. And Uh, Lego movie. Yeah, they did. I don't care about Lego movie. (laughs) Uh, into the Spider Verse. Hey, hey, everything's awesome in that movie. Everything you is know, awesome. Le- the Lego Movie is essentially the Lego version of the Spider Verse. You just take all these different properties and smash them together, and it comes out great. Don't you disparage Spider Verse by comparing the two? 
They're, I'm with John here. I'm sorry. They're both I hate great. you so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why. I like Spider Verse. Lego Lego Movie Two did so well, right? Well, that's a different story. Uh, I don't like Part Two either. <laughs> so they Sony has basically snatched them up and gave them a nine figure deal to head up their Marvel TV universe. Now, essentially, that's Spider Man and all the attached spider-man villains and characters into their own tv shows Mm -hmm. um as well as giving them the opportunity to oversee a lot of their other tv stuff now nine figures does that mean like they're getting some like a paycheck in the hundreds of millions or oh wow yep not that they're not including the decimal so that's a hundreds of millions in there somewhere uh yeah they're gonna be doing they're gonna be doing some work over there is there any in particular spider-man-esque tv show you would like to see either one of you i hope it doesn't mean just animated yeah i I want them to stay animated oh you do i say i hope it's not just animated i i hope it is because i think in that situation like look look at the things that we get that are animated versus the things that are done traditionally Mm -hmm. typically something has to be decided upon before they go into it and they don't get to go and change a bunch of things afterwards for animated things um, like not in the same kind of way that we see with movie reshoots and all these different things like that. Uh, and honestly, I just think that we've had a better yield of things from Sony that have been animated versus their live action stuff. This is true. So I don't know. Wait, but Venom made over a billion dollars. I mean, it's a great yeah. movie, right? And uh, so what is Suicide Squad is technically an Emmy winner. Uh, no, Oscar, Oscar winner. winner. Oscar, that's the one. So Poor maybe those things aren't these, these aren't real quantifiable things for quality. You might be right. You might. Be. <laughs> uh, what about you? Any, anything you want to see, John? I want to see. We're already getting a Morbius movie, and we're no, we're going to get another Venom movie. So, what other characters Craven, you want to see? Know. Craven, Craven TV mm-hmm. show would be pretty cool. The Spot. The Spot. Yeah. All right. I mean, after seeing the, you know, and you know who would have been my pick for the spot? Who? The Desmalchian guy. Well, he's playing Polka Dot Man. Right? <laughs> it's like they read my mind. They're not they're the like, they're not the same type of character though. The spot uses like portals and stuff. The Polka Dot Man uses like his Polka Dots in the same way Captain Boomerang does. Well, I, obviously we know who the better villain would be in that situation. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, there's one that you've heard of and there's one that no one's ever heard of, so I guess so. There's that. Uh, to me, I I would love to I would love to see a Silver Sable like spy show. I think that'd be pretty cool. Since they were talking about that, or even rebring bringing back the Silver and Black like so Silver Sable and and Black Cat uh, script and maybe making that into a serialized TV show. Hmm. Maybe Maximum Carnage, or you know, what would be cool. I'd like to see an adaptation of. The arcade game for Spider-Man. Yeah, you remember that arcade game where you could play as Spider-Man, Black Cat, I think, um, Hawkeye, and some other character? Maybe Namor? I can't remember which one the fourth one was. It's <sighs> Hawkeye, Namor, Black Cat, and Spider-Man? No. I mean, I remember the Avengers game where you could play as Hawkeye. Hawkeye and... Uh, Captain Captain America and the Avengers. Yes. Is that what that was? Captain, yeah. So it was Captain I, I walked America, past that cabinet the other day. Hawkeye, Vision, Vision and mm-hmm. Iron Man. And Was it Iron Man? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, Iron Man was in there. So there yeah, was, and that was the all-white Vision. Yes. Why were you... Why'd you walk past it the other day? Where were you at? I was, I was at the mall. 
the <laughs> wait they have these at the mall still they still have malls mm-hmm. yeah incredible. we were at uh, arizona mills nice <laughs> nice very nice i think i've been to that <laughs> i used to work at that mall oh wow yeah when i was in college i worked at the harkins there nice. uh okay so yeah we'll we'll see we'll see what the phil lord and, and uh chris miller do hopefully it's something great i mean here's hoping I, I think that they've done great things. They have they done great things. Too. <laughs> well, speaking about more live action uh, Marvel stuff, Ghost Rider and Hellstrom are going to be on Hulu for live action Marvel series. It's so weird. They're like, it has to be a legacy deal, right? Well, I mean, Hulu is pretty much owned by Disney now. Like, they still <laughs> Comcast is going to sell them their share. They are. They already own Fox and ABC. So I mean, NBC. NBC is Comcast. So that's the. That's the only. That's the only holdout. But yeah, it's good. You know, they have Runaways of Stain over there, and mm-hmm. obviously the the material for Hellstrom and uh, Ghost Rider are a little bit too edgy for Disney Plus. So this is where they're going to put their. More that, that would just stuff. make that would just make sense for that to be a thing that lives in a house over there. Like it, it's like watching Shrek, you know. Like little kids are like, "Ha, this is great," but then also they make jokes about like, I don't know. It'd be great to like get to like make it with that person. Also, here's a <laughs> reference from some movie from the seventies. <laughs> like, you have something for everyone. You know what I mean? <laughs> True four quadrant. <laughs> uh, I I like how um, what's his name Gabriel Luna who played. Robbie Reyes in the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. TV show kind of made this announcement. Uh, he was just like, ooh, chains are rattling and like on his Twitter. <laughs> and it's just like people were getting, what? And then they made the announcement. So is it going to be the same guy yeah. continuing yep. over? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. I, so, so I like him yeah. as Robbie Reyes. Uh-huh. But like I was a really big fan of that. Like when they first launched that character, they had one of my favorite artists of like the past like decade on that series. And he helped develop the look for that character. And don't get me wrong, I get like you know, obviously things change when you go to live action and whatnot. And it would take so much visual effects money to it make would. it look like that comic. But <laughs> damn, I hope they do that for this one scene in this new series. Why does it involve so much? Is it just crazy flames or what? Everywhere. It's, it's flames just... everywhere and a lot more chrome and mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, that sounds interesting. Yeah. It was, great. it was a good series. I really don't know how they're going to do a Hellstrom show. I mean, I, I know how they're going to do it, but I don't know what they're going to do with it. Like, Hellstrom, Son of Satan, like, it's not a big D, uh, Marvel category or character. So, I guess that's kind of a good thing. You can go wherever you want. And it's exactly. two different shows. It's Wait, not like they're so, going to be two shows together. So, in Marvel, there's, uh, there's Satan and Mephisto? Or yes. Okay. They're two different mm-hmm. characters. And then... Uh, Satan also has a daughter whose name Satana. So oh. Satana <laughs> and Hellstrom are, are uh, siblings. Uh, so I, I figured, like, so did you ever see Hellstrom with a shirt? No, nope. ever. I've never. Well, that's not true. The the most recent. Um, if you look Midnight like that, would you wear a shirt? I think is, is he had a shirt for most of it. <laughs> I say like this could be their Archie. You know what I mean? <laughs> you just got shirtless buff boys going around all the time. Actually, the the kid who plays Archie, I could see him playing Hellstrom. <laughs> yeah, honestly. There you go. I feel like it'd be a step down though with the the already all the fanfare that Archie already has. That's true. River, River Riverdale has Riverdale. all has a yeah. lot of fans. Uh, okay, Vin Diesel. You know he does the voice of Groot. 
Well, he also has this huge franchise. Segway. Great segue, John. <laughs> so you. good. Thank you. He also has this huge franchise that's called The Fast and the Furious. And he made an announcement on his Twitter, or no, his Instagram this past week. John Cena is going to be part of the franchise. <laughs> I mean, this is this has to be coming out of the whole I hate the rock, like, fight that he has going on with himself right the feud the well, feud yeah. that's I mean, the word i was if looking you're for gonna be um you know replacing someone as big as the rock you're gonna have to try to go you know can't who, is there anyone else that would measure up not really jason momoa jason momoa <laughs> was it uh i think the rock actually says he wants jason momoa to play his brother in the hobbs and shaw franchise spinoff from oh, fast and shit. the furious well they were definitely Why don't they just bring in roman reigns they do, they do in this. Then Hobbs and Shaw, he's there. He plays his cousin, just like in oh, real yeah. life. I didn't know that. Dude, yeah, that's what they're trying to do. Vin Diesel and and uh, the Rock are now in competition to like snatch up as many wrestlers. <laughs> and I was like, well, I got this guy. Well, I got that guy. I mean, I don't. This is the whole Fast the Furious Furious franchise. That is the that is the most bizarre thing that I think would ever come out of the 2000s. Like, 2001, the Fast and Furious happens. They're stealing VCRs and uh, 12-inch TVs. And then now, we're going to space. (laughs) If you look at what that show, or like that show, that's what it feels like now, though. Um, But uh, what that, that movie series began as and where it ended, I don't understand if, if if anything else is like a like a clear metaphor for where CG stunts and all these <laughs> things that Battle of Extremes has taken us, just look at that journey, dude. Because Fast and Furious was already an extreme for when it came out. It's true, and it was a ripoff of Point Break. Well, yeah, I mean, kind of. Yeah, just change it from surfing to cars, and that's it. And then and they, and they then, only kept one blonde guy. And then Point Break <laughs> decided to do a remake, and they tried to rip off Fast and the Furious, and they yeah. failed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just like Oreo cookies and Hydrox cookies. It's true. You know? Hydrox came first, <laughs> but everybody likes Oreos better. And Hydrox mm-hmm. just sounds like poison. It does sound. Yeah, bad. dude, it really does. It's a terrible, <laughs> terrible name. It sounds damn, like it's really just going to dissolve in my mouth. Like, I mean, it sounds like the stuff that you put on your face for pimples, almost. Yeah, it like it sounds like a thing, like like it's some like baking soda base thing. Like, yeah, it doesn't sound right. Yeah, um, I just I watch those Fast and Furious movies for the pure spectacle. Like, I I'm literally it's it's more than a superhero movie for me. It's just like. Oh my goodness! A car is flying through the air. It's gonna oh. activate its wings. Hobbs and Shaw. Oh shit! It's a backdoor entry for mask. There you go. And then they can don't, pull it. Don't into you the- get my hopes up, John? <laughs> don't you get my hopes up? I'm so, this Fast- has to be the beginning of that. They're, they're going to start merging the 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 Hasbroverse into this. <laughs> yes, because so. yes, Fast and Furious Ten will be uh, Vin Diesel's character Dom. You know, teaming up with Optimus Prime. And then yes. coming out of that will be mass. They're like, here's the technology to make your cars into flying stuff. You stop getting me all gassed up right now, man. <laughs> I would be there for that movie. <laughs> when, when Hasbro announced they bought Power Rangers, I got so excited. <laughs> uh, I can't wait. Uh, all right. Next. <laughs> Can you imagine Vin Diesel in Power Rangers Turbo? That would be, It'd be so good. <laughs> 
it was so good. He, like in in Power Rangers Turbo, Power Rangers Turbo, the tur- the blue Turbo Ranger is a little kid who like who like basically shazams up into an adult when he turn when he gets into the suit. Except he still sounds like a kid. The guy in the suit, dude. You know, it, and you know what he'll be like. He'd be like, Zordon was my old friend. We used to ride <laughs> together. <laughs> I'm, I'm here for it, man. Hey, hey, Steven. Me? Yeah, you. Do you do you know um do you, do you know about Kanye West? Do you like Kanye West? It's Dan Kanye West. Kanye West is a chump. It's a chump. He's, he's a buffoon. Hear me out, Rafa. <laughs> Kanye West is bad. <laughs> Yeezy was a good CD though. Just putting that out there. Well, well guess what? <laughs> They're developing a uh, a show or an anthology show over at Showtime called Omniverse. <laughs> and in this show, it's just going to be a half hour episodes of different dimensions of Kanye West. And in one of them, Jaden Smith is going to play young young Kanye West. I hate it so much. <laughs> The only thing that makes this like, like I like that this is happening because it sounds ridiculous, um, but I also hate it, and I'm just imagining it being like a Goosebumps kind of series. They have tiny little stories each time, yes, and like Wishbone makes a cameo, like, like I don't know how this is gonna work, man. Did you have you ever seen any of those videos where Kanye is? going completely insane and going off script <laughs> at his concerts and just starts ranting for like 20 minutes straight about the yeah, Illuminati and about brainwashing and the government and like just goes all, just goes crazy. It's awesome. I hope that this is like his way of trying to put that out there more. You got to give people the knowledge. <laughs> oh man. This is, I mean, the more you, I mean, this is also going to be produced by Scooter Braun you know uh the, the talent agent for yeah uh what's in justin bieber the 90s yeah for the 90s <laughs> uh i i mean i feel like kanye west watched an episode of black mirror and he's like yeah i want to make that but with my life i could do that, I could do that <laughs> my life is plenty weird <laughs> uh let's see Jin. um it says yeah something about a Jin. The script comes from Jin, whose comedy credits include Silicon Valley, Netflix, Newcomer, Tuca and Birdie, and upcoming Amazon animated series, Undone. So we have a screenwriter who's so prolific, he goes by one name? He just goes by the one name, Jin. Oh, no, I'm sorry. It's writer Lee Sung Jin. Oh, okay. My bad. Tuca and Birdie's getting really good reviews. That's what I've been hearing. Uh, But this is what he said. He said, I'm honored and thrilled to be collaborating with everyone involved to present an alternate alternate world through the eyes of a young man somewhere in the multiverse who happens to also be a Kanye West. A Kanye West. A Kanye West. (laughs) I hate that so much. I hate it so fucking much. I can't stand this. Omniverse is, is not set in our world nor about our world's Kanye West. As we aim to add a new spin on alternate realities, consciousness, and push the limits of half-hour narrative. Holy shit, this is into the Kanyeverse. It's 100%. 100%. Anyone can wear the mask. (laughs) Anybody can dye the hair. And you know what? Ironically, I feel like Jaden Smith is like the perfect vessel for a young Kanye. That's the thing. I don't think... I think now... 
yes, you could look at Kanye West and be like, hmm, Jaden Smith, his weird ass. Yes, he could have been the young Kanye West. <laughs> Kanye West wasn't like that when he was little. He got crazy when he got older. <laughs> when everybody told him that he was a genius. Yeah. It's, it turns out telling someone that a lot makes them shitty. <laughs> Believe it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, next story. F. Gary Gray is developing to direct a movie based on the video game franchise Saints Row. This is ridiculous. Like I've never actually played Saints Row, but I've seen Saints Row's nuts. Yeah, I've seen like trailers and stuff like that. The thing's gone all over. Like at first, I thought it was just like another uh, Grand Theft Auto game. Yep. But That's what it sounds like at first, and then it's not. It, then it's not. Then there's aliens, and there's uh. All kinds of weird dildo, shit. Dildo sword, dildo swords, and stuff like that. I mean, F. Gary Gray directed Friday, one of my favorite movies of all time, and now we're doing this. This is where we're at now. What, list his movie credentials like you did earlier, because, like I said, I think that these things add up to be so Saints Row. His most his most uh, popular movie, I believe, right now, after, maybe after Friday, maybe more popular than Friday, would be Straight Out of Compton, but. He also directed The Italian Job. He directed uh, Fate of the Furious, so the eighth Fast and the Furious movie, the one where they chase down a nuclear sub. <laughs> uh, I, you know, there's a. Oh, he also did uh, Too Cool. Yeah, the sequel to Get Shorty. The one. Oh, shit. Yeah, the one starring uh, The Rock as a homosexual stuntman hitman. So, yeah, all these things add up to be Saints Row. Honestly, I think they really do. <laughs> you just needed to direct the Dreamcatcher and we'd be all set. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so, I mean, do you have any feelings about Saints Row, John? Uh, it's one of those games I just completely, you know, never really got into. So, I don't really care what they do with it. It's not like, you know, if I actually cared for a franchise like Resident Evil or Silent Hill, where they actually meant something to me and the movies were just god awful <laughs> so for this i don't i go in with a blank slate i just look at it as a movie having no frame of reference do you think okay oh i was gonna say do you think john do you, or john steven do you think that they will go in the extreme craziness that happens in the sequels and stuff or i think so i like i i think like we live in a world where like think think of everything that we've seen on tv and in movies and everything now Pretty much anything is okay to do, and the more crazy you can get with something, as long as you don't alienate anybody and expect a lot of money, like you're fine. Mm. Do something crazy, CGI heavy, like go for it, man. <laughs> the, if if they build it, people will come. What, what would be the story of the of this movie? Do you know? So, correct me if I'm wrong, but doesn't the first Saints Row, the protagonist is the president? I have no idea. I've never played a game. I think you're the president in all of them. Yeah, like I, like I'm, I'm like trying to remember here. So let's see here. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and uh, I'm gonna look at a thing here. Go okay. ahead and uh, vamp for me for a second. What, I mean, the, John, the what do you? Wait, think? Wait, 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 I found it already. I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't get the vamp. <laughs> <laughs> so Saints Row is set in 2006 and takes place in Saltwater, a city controlled by three distinct criminal syndicates: the Vice Kings, a largely African American gang that primarily earns revenue from strip clubs and record labels, Los Carnales. A Hispanic drug cartel that dominates the narcotic trade, and the West Side Rollers, who have established a lucrative uh, underground racing club. Uh, some stuff happens. Uh, where's the part with Julius? Fuck. I don't know. Things crazy. 
suffice it to say, this movie is going to be nuts no matter what they decide to do with it. Yeah. And everyone should go watch it. Look forward to the Geeks Watch review of Saints Row the movie. <laughs> I can't wait. Hopefully, I'm still a part of the show at that point. <laughs> I can't imagine you not being. It'll be hostile takeover. <laughs> well, you know, we'll be bought out by uh, Legendary and Legendary Entertainment, and then they'll ask me to silently step down as um, as as things are revealed from my past. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, I'm so, still glad I have all those pictures. Six months from now, a movie is going to come out. The trailer just for, dropped for, for it. This, no, 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 no. We're, I'm going on to okay. the next next subject. Next. Sorry, the dog went crazy behind me. <laughs> Six months from now, uh, the uh, a movie's going to come out that the trailer just dropped for earlier this week. Oh, okay. Sonic the Hedgehog. Everybody on the internet, including their mother, went nuts because they don't like the way Sonic looks. It looks pretty. He shitty. does look bad. It, yeah. I don't. I. Uh, to me, I just didn't even care. I wasn't a big Sonic Sonic person anyway, so that's I was just the like, problem. "Is it a problem?" Yes, it's not a problem because I'm not losing any sleep over it. You will if you <laughs> look at this nightmare fuel. <laughs> I looked at it. I watched it. Look, uh, Sonic the Hedgehog came out. People were not okay with it, and the internet went crazy. And Jeff Fowler, the director of the movie, said on his Twitter. Thank you for the support and the criticism. The message is loud and clear. You aren't happy with the design, you and you want changes. It's going to be it's going to happen. Everyone at Paramount and Sega are fully committed to making this character the best he can be. Hashtag Sonic movie. Hashtag hashtag gotta fix fast. I just dude, so the fact that they were like they put up this trailer, right? Yep. People already saw what his outline was and a bunch of other stuff, and were already like, "Hey, maybe this doesn't look good." They still put out the trailer with him looking like shit. I feel like they didn't have the visuals already for the stuff, and they they're not as far along in like actually compositing the visuals mm-hmm. as it would as you would assume a movie coming out six months from now is. I think the majority of the CGI work is probably contracted out to someone somewhere else in another country in the first place uh, and, and the other things are happening maybe here in this country or in canada but the the fact of the matter is that someone at some point said no one million times to everyone saying this looks like shit let's change it <laughs> and then it got put out and it turns out it looks like shit <laughs> and so now they're gonna make the, the same people who were like hey maybe we should change this looks this looks bad go back and redo tons of work sucks real bad <laughs> it's real bad and they're gonna blame it like, on them too probably <laughs> yeah 100 percent. the people who did the visual development for this and had to go with some boardroom people's idea of something are the same people who now have to go but go back and work so hard and they're gonna be the ones that get all the blame in the first place they're gonna say the artists whose names are in this credit and uh, these credits as the visual developers like they suck and that's not their fault we we've we've seen the things that people who like sonic make they make sonic with like a couple tiny changes here and there. Right. Not that fever dream. <laughs> so at first, when I first heard this tweet, I was like, this is bullshit. There's no possible way they can go redesign a character for the whole movie in six months. There's, it's just not possible. I mean, unless mm-hmm. you, they, they spent a ton of fucking money with like animators going 24 hours a day. Right. However, you brought that up and made me think, what if they're pulling like, Something the same as like uh, they did for Endgame or uh, Infinity War, where they 
for the trailer, they just made this character that looks completely shitty, so that when the next one comes out with the actual character design they've been working on, like it looks so much better, and then it just gets everybody on board. That's a conspiracy theory right there. You don't think it's that either? I don't think they're playing 40 chess like that. I think they made a bad design. <laughs> they purposely make it look broken so that they, when they fix it, everybody's on board for exactly. it. Exactly. It's just like yeah. it's just like the, the 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 urban legend that New Coke was a was a way just to get people to like Coke <laughs> go classic again. No, that's actually true. Yeah, sure. Because <laughs> you know I, I companies just it, like to spend all that money on bullshit. People make bad decisions all the time, and this is this seems to me like this was one of them. Well, I will give them the benefit of the doubt at the moment. There's also the theory that uh, I think when Pepsi came out with Pepsi Clear, uh-huh. Coke came out with a similar product, but it was intentionally horrible. So by association, it also tanked the... Uh, I liked Pepsi Clear. <laughs> I thought it was okay. It's interesting because there is a thing like that going on currently in the beverage market. What is it? So uh, so um, I don't know how much you guys drink energy drinks or anything, I but don't. I'm sure you guys have noticed that bang is everywhere yep i've heard of it and it just appeared and it was just on all the shelves suddenly yeah um there's a new one which by all accounts is like the same product it has the same 300 milligrams of caffeine per can the same coloring on the outside uh, of the cans and everything like that and then uh inside the drink is clear and has no artificial colors the exact same as bang is but that one is produced by Monster. And Monster is also taking them to court, saying that Bang has all these unsubstantiated claims. They were losing that battle and then just put this new one out, which I forget the name of right now. But it has like a like a knight or like a ancient armor looking kind of thing. It's called Rain. Rain is what it's called. <laughs> and they're, they're the same drink. And Monster was just like, fine, you guys want to fucking do this? We'll do this. <laughs> oh, this corporate litigation. I yeah. Was, I believe it. Okay, so uh, with all that being said, um, the last two <laughs> last two things we're going to talk about is there's been some uh, TV show renewals for uh, an, an extra season. Let's see, Twilight Zone over at CBS All Access has gotten a renewal for a second season. I don't know how I feel about this because we've had, what, five or six episodes so far, and I, I'm not digging it. I'm not digging the show. Same. Yeah. Like they've been, they're doing a lot to. Uh, the last episode I watched was the, the President Kid one. I don't remember what that was called. I don't remember either. Uh, but it's essentially a remake of that episode where the kid has the 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 magical powers and makes uh you know. Into the cornfield. What is it called? No, no, you're talking about the kid. Send him to the cornfield, kid. Send him to the cornfield. Yeah, well, that's the one what he was doing. Yeah, like, he was turning people into like corn yeah. socks. Or yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. But instead of having magical powers, he's the president of the United States. So anything he says happens anyways because so he's the president. It's a Trump allegory, then. It's a little bit of that too. <laughs> yeah. But the, the, I mean, you take that. You take the Adam Scott episode, which is the nightmare at twenty thousand feet or whatever mm-hmm. the remake. But they change it up since it's not a gremlin thing. It's a podcast thing in his own fear. And then, you know, all these, I mean, a lot of these episodes they're trying to redo, but with a modern spin, it's just like, I wish they would have just done new episodes, like new, all new stuff instead. Doing remakes of old episodes is kind of the thing that everyone disliked about the last reboot. Right. Yeah. We don't, we didn't need that. So I don't know how I feel. I hope, I would hope the second season would be better, but uh, have you watched any of the episodes, John? I just saw the first one that they put out for free on YouTube. Oh, the 
with Camille Manjani one. Yeah, and it was a little underwhelming. I was like, eh, it, 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 I saw what it was going for, but it didn't quite stick the landing. And I was hoping maybe the rest of the episodes got better. But judging from what you two are saying, that's probably not the case. No. The, the thing that bummed me out about that episode was because in the beginning, I really liked that first episode. And I was like, oh, shit, this is going in a really good direction. I really like this. Uh, and then, like you said, like you saw where it was going. And they, they made the same mistake to me that um, Star Trek Discovery made, where they're like, oh, no, we don't like we're not on broadcast TV. We can say whatever we want. And there's <laughs> that one part where that the other comedian or something is just like something pussy pussy. Right. Fuck. And, and it's just like, yeah, dude, I get it. You can cuss if you want. <laughs> <laughs> what did you what did you think of the rewind episode like that one? I felt was the best one so far, but it, it's once again, didn't stick the landing for me. I didn't watch this one. Oh, you I, watch I watched. It? I watched the first episode, and then um, uh, ever since then, CBS All Access keeps sending me emails about like, "Oh, having problems with your account," and then, so I just haven't gotten my account set back up. Damn! damn. All <laughs> no right. No matter what I try to do. Yeah, if you if you get around to watching that episode, tell me what you think. Because, um, like I said, I, I I liked it. I thought it was the best one out of the bunch so far, but it just didn't didn't hit home with me. Hmm. Uh, okay. Over at YouTube, though. Even though they are starting to allow their sh- their original shows to be on regular YouTube, but with ads, if you still have premium, you can watch Cobra Kai and Cobra Kai season two just dropped. Season it has been now renewed for season three, which is good because season two kind of ends with a cliffhanger. So did season one though. So did season one. Season one, you're right. So yeah, season one ended in the the previous uh, sensei walked in and I was like, oh fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, season two, I just finished it. I thought it was it was great. I liked it more than I liked season one. I liked season one though, um, so uh, I hope everybody gets a chance to check that out. Uh, are you happy? Okay. For, have you watched season one, John? I have not. No, but I will say this: I've seen some clips online, and what I have seen makes me really, really interested in the show. Especially, it's good when I saw that um, at least part of it seems to be taking place from like reminiscing from the point of view of Johnny. Yeah, that's, the, that's I, pretty much the entire show, honestly. Yeah, well, that's the first season. The second season is very much uh, shared between the two. Okay, Johnny and <laughs> and Daniel. So yeah, that aspect of it, I was like, oh, that's an interesting take on the matter, and kind well, of giving us a different point of view. It is hilarious to listen to Johnny tell the story of what happened in the first Karate Kid movie, where like, essentially he's yeah. like the victim. He's the victim. Yeah. Yes, it is hilarious. <laughs> and a YouTube uh, video about <laughs> about. Uh, um, Daniel being the bad guy. Yeah, exactly. It's that YouTube video. Yeah, it's that one. Uh, but that's the one thing I loved about the second season is that there's no cut and dry good guy or bad guy. Like they are both kind of dicks at some points, and they're both very much altruistic at some points. So <clears throat> it it really plays up like how these kids that they are mentoring uh, take the lessons that they're being taught, and it's it's pretty it's really great. Yeah, I, I definitely I, I liked the first season a lot. Like I thought they did a really good job. There were parts where obviously it's cheesy or corny or whatever, but that's pretty much everything now. Yeah, I, I think you get to a point where you've consumed so much media that that you just don't get surprised by things. Um, and I don't know, like I just I really I really liked the show. They like I I watched all the episodes and everything. I was enjoying it thoroughly. And they had that scene where where Daniel and Johnny are in that bar together, and they're like, "Yeah, fuck that guy. Yeah. That's the guy she's with." And yeah. like he's he's like yeah no she doesn't talk to me anymore I'm talking about the girl they're both fighting over back in the day right right exactly like I I feel bad about it because it's like almost like because I'm like 
like I'm separated from high school by a decade now, like <laughs> similar to them, you know, like I was just like, yeah, no, I, time he does heal all of them. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you know, the one thing that I would say that I, my biggest, my complaint with the show is that if it had been at any other streaming platform, we would have gotten more money for the show and it would have, it would have been that much better. Like the, 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 the little bit of, yeah, the little bit of money that they, they have for the show is definitely, uh, visible in a lot of places. Yeah. But to a certain degree, I kind of like that though. Yeah, it, really? It's still, it's still a YouTube thing and it's, it's almost aspirational to see that. Ah, that makes sense. That makes sense. All right. Uh, that's all the news that we have to talk about, unless you, either one of you has a story. No, no. Honestly, video games are pretty quiet this week, too. All right. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about episode three of season eight of Game of Thrones called The Long Night. John wants to inform us a little bit of lineage on both Dragonglass and Valerian Steel. Yes, Ooh. primarily because we're kind of starting to run out of people to do lineages on, it's surprisingly. <laughs> um, but it's also re- relevant to the episode. Yes, it is. So as we know now from like them telling us, Valyrian Steel and Dragonglass, a.k.a. Obsidian, are particularly effective against these supernatural creatures. Hasn't really been made clear why, but there's a few theories and uh, some potential clues as to uh, you know where this could be going. Uh, because of where it's been. So, Obsidian is essentially the same as its counterpart here on our world. It's, you know, essentially volcanic glass. Uh, What particular properties this might have in the show hasn't been revealed yet, but uh, like I said, there does seem to be a presence of magic in certain uh, materials in this world, and in particular with Valyrian steel. Now, they've made many mentions about Valyrian steel in the show about how it's very rare, it's very difficult to work with. No new Valyrian steel can be made. But if you have anything that's made of Valyrian steel, uh, there are some blacksmiths that are still skilled enough to work with it to make something else. You know, we saw, I believe it was the beginning of season five, where the two swords. Yes, they they break apart Ned Stark's family sword ice and turn it into two Lannister uh, Lannister swords. Uh, so they can still work with what's available, but no new. Valyrian steel is being made. That is interesting because what the the one that was given to Jamie was then given to Brienne and became this the oath keeper. Yeah. And then the one that was given to uh Joffrey was then eventually given to Jamie. I think it was then given to Tommen and then given to Jamie. Okay. And then in the in the fight that we see and during the long night, the two Brienne and Jamie are fighting side by side. Essentially, that's Ned Stark's sword together. Yeah, defending Winterfell. Yeah, that's interesting. So the, the story goes that with Valyrian steel, uh, and again, a lot of the information about it has been lost. But apparently, uh, you know, the wizards of Valyria, old ancient Valyria, um, would use spells. And dragon fire in order to forge Valyrian steel. Uh, somehow, the combination of these two things, um, you know, imbued it with its particular properties of being you know, very lightweight, also having a very uh, tough edge, and um, apparently also having the ability to fight these supernatural undead creatures. Um, it's believed that after the Doom of Valyria, 
with only the Targaryens that survived uh, because they were over in Westeros, then all of the knowledge and all of the secrets of how to make the Valyrian steel, you know, basically died with the con- con- uh, the country. And afterwards, you know, you just had a finite amount in Westeros, and it was a amount that was getting smaller and smaller because with uh, some adventurers leaving, you know, Westeros to go into Essos or even just in battles and other type of things that happen, some of them would get lost. The uh, The Lannisters had a sword that uh, one of Tywin Lannister's ancestors ended up losing during a campaign when they were going over to Essos. They say they probably got shipwrecked uh, and it, it was gone, mm. which is one of the reasons why Tywin was always obsessed with getting a new right. um, Valyrian steel sword. So, again... The supernatural properties that, th- that these things have, we saw that the Children of the Forest uh, in last season during one of Bran's flashbacks used a piece like an obsidian dagger in order to create the Night King out of one of the First Men. Uh, you know, They shoved it into his chest and he went from being just a normal guy to his eyes glowing blue and you know we take it to believe that he's the first Night King. So... Again, there's something imbued within the, the uh, dragon glass, the obsidian, that is part of some kind of magic ritual. The wall also, apparently, when it was created, was created with magic rituals in place, which is the reason why the White Walkers couldn't cross it. And then that's why they needed, I guess, uh, you know, necrotic ice dragon fire in order to finally be able to knock it down. Right. Because it was the only thing that would have been powerful enough to counter that. So, key things there, magic, dragon fire and extreme uh you know from the earth conditions seem to be the combinations <laughs> all of these things have in common uh something about being deep rooted and ancient is the only thing that can apparently affect our story's primary villains here mm-hmm. and essentially that's what it is we see how these things play out in the in the show it's not very uh you know like super effective you still have to hack them with it but for some reason, Valyrian steel is like the one-shot kill. It's like the golden gun from right. Goldeneye. It's just <laughs> got that magic bullet. So part part of that stuff actually kind of uh, feeds into my favorite fan theory for stuff from this episode. But I don't want to talk about that stuff until we talk about the events of the episode. Oh, okay. <clears throat> well, that's pretty much it for the story of Valyrian steel thus far. So... <laughs> so let's get right into the episode. Yeah, let's get into. It. So I mean, this is the this is a, an episode that they've been building up for for the last couple seasons. This is uh this is said to by both the the showrunners of the show and the director of this particular episode is going to be the one of the longest uh, battle scenes on television ever. Like, and it, did, boy, did it feel like it! <laughs> it took fifty five nights straight to, to film this thing. That's crazy. Uh, there are not. There's movies that are that are filmed in less than that. Yeah, so that, that's that's nuts. Um, I mean, how best to do? do how is best to start off than other than to just talk about who got killed, right? That's yeah. fair. It's a. Uh, it's not a very long list. No, it's but... not a very long list. Which well, let's, besides let's... the entire all of the names of the Dothraki and the Unsullied, that oh, yeah. does suck. Ma- main, main characters, no. yeah, it's very short named list. characters. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> of the named characters, we have Edison Toltet, Tolet, uh, Beric Dondarrion, mm-hmm. Le- Liana Mormont, Theon the Greyjoy, 
<laughs> she was a great death. Theon Greyjoy, Jorah Mormont, Lysandra. I know I never say the name right. Melisandre. Melisandre, thank you. And the Night King. So uh, That's right. They killed the Night King in the episode, everybody. <laughs> and we're only halfway through. We're only halfway yeah. through. Uh, so who is uh, who is Edison Toltelet? Tol- Edison Toltelet is uh, Dolorous Ed. He's the, the Night's Watch guy. Oh. The one who got killed trying to stop Sam from being killed. Because fucking Sam. <laughs> Sam got someone else fucking killed, and I'm pissed about it once again because I hate Sam. <laughs> he spent the whole episode flopping around the floor, on the, breathing heavily. On his back. <laughs> He's the magic carp of the I episode. I hate him so much. <laughs> I hate him so much. He's uh, going to blossom. You'll see. He'll have a redemption. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> what, what do you... What I mean, what? How do you feel about uh, Edison's death, John? Um, it's one of the few that felt like it was correct, simply because of the fact that, like, yeah, when you're in a big battle like that, I mean, shit can become unexpected, and you could be talking to your buddy right there and then, and suddenly, you know, a spear goes through his face, and that's essentially how most of the Night's nice Watch people have ended up dying is during combat. And in a very like non glorious way, it's just you just get taken out. So it it, it kind of fits. It it sucks because I like that character, um, mm-hmm. but you know, he, I mean, he's like the only one left of like the graduating class of of that that Night's Watch. Yeah, there's no one left other they've than John killed, and Sam. They've already and John pulled, died, died once. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so they've killed Pip and Grin. Those are the other two major ones, and um, I think. Ghost is still alive because he's Ghost not mentioned. Still, we, see, we see him at the end of the episode. He's still okay. Did yeah. you see him at the yeah. end of the episode? Oh, I, yeah. must, I, I saw him at the beginning only because he was white against all black, and then he just <laughs> yeah, disappeared the, in the darkness. The, so do we want to talk all about white that? against the three bands of gray? That's <laughs> episode where? Do we want to talk about that? Do we want to talk about the big controversy that the episode was way too dark for most people to see? Yes, I it's, thought there was something bad. wrong with my TV at first. I thought I did. I didn't seem to have that much of a problem, but apparently the director wanted to go for a quote-unquote realistic lighting effect. Yeah. I get it. I but. would prefer a stylistic lighting effect. I mean, when they're up in the sky and you see the dragons contrasted against the moon, that's gorgeous. Oh, yeah. Yes, those would be like great wallpapers. I mean, it was just super awesome. But yeah, there was just a lot of stuff that's just lit by like torches and random fires here and there. Mm-hmm. It, it's like it's it was hard. It was they. Well, you go ahead. No, they they just they they took that episode and they they made Melisandre's death mean that much more to me because she was the hero of the episode for me. <laughs> she came in and was like, "Here's fire, everyone can see again." So, can we talk about the beginning part of that then? Uh, when she lights the Dothraki swords on fire, like why just the Dothraki, and then why did just the Dothraki go forward? Like, because they were going to lead the charge. Mm-hmm. Leading the charge and being the only ones to go out there is two completely different things. It makes sense when you when you like usually if you um, like one strategy for for things is sending like the horse mounted warriors forward to go basically so descent in the ranks. Okay. Of the of the oncoming army, I guess they just had that much crazier numbers that uh, yeah. that was pointless. They're dead. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't feel like that's the same kind of strategy you use against Walking Dead people, but. Hey, what do I know? Uh, I feel like waiting for them to come to you is probably the best strategy, and it would have worked out a lot better for our side in the end, but 
That's not they what they just, did. They could have at least shot a couple of those flaming catapult things forward to at least get like a peek of what's forward up yes, there first. Yes. But maybe that's just me. Judging by what actually was coming at them, I don't know if I'd want to see it though. I guess that's fair. You might have people run away screaming in, in fear. I it's, I feel like in talking about this stuff, like I feel like I keep bumping up against wanting to talk about that fan theory thing. Um, but there's a the fact that Jorah came back. Yes, that was weird, from right? Them all dying, and he didn't say anything when he came back. He just like looked at them and came back. I think there's big significance that isn't just like bad editing or bad plot planning or something. What do you? I mean, you're gonna have. Are you to... saying Jorah was actually a faceless man? No, 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 no. <laughs> no um, I, I, I think that. Uh, so I don't know if this is what is real or what is going forward, but I really like this idea. the The theory thing is that. Um, uh, so George R. R. Martin has confirmed before that there is also a Day King. Oh, Charlie so, Day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fighter of the Nightman. Night <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, so he uh, he's confirmed that this is a thing, and so I really like this idea um, that the this in the same way that the Night King can raise people with ice, basically, um, the Day King can raise people with fire. And has this power that's all around fire, which I think informs a little bit of the idea of why Dragonglass and Valyrian Steel are both effective. Ah. So, uh, like, it's it's this this thing that things that are born of this magical fire fight these things that are born of magical ice. I mean, wouldn't that Um, be the 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 god of light that Melisandre like worships? So that's that's the thing. So you we saw Melisandre's powers falter right in the episode, and we've seen that before in the series. Mm -hmm. Um. So the, the there's this possibility that um, the Lord of Light, like whether that guy's real or not, I don't even know. Um, we could be looking at a situation where the Lord of Light is just this other this other Day King who couldn't amass an army like the Night King could, and so he chose other ways to gain followers or, or insulation insulation and protection for himself. And this whole thing has been a fight between the night King and the day King the whole time. The, the quibbles of man are just nothing in, in the grand scheme of things. So is Jorah the, the, the day King or is he just the, I think he got risen. Like he got lifted up, like oh, brought back to life okay. by him. And he's like, I don't fucking know I'm alive either. Anyway, I'm going to ride this horse back in. <laughs> so just like how Jon Snow got risen, he got risen. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. That's an interesting so theory. With the because would the Day King be there in person or is he the, Bran? That, is Bran the Day the King? Thing. Yep. <laughs> and that's the why their, their, whole, their whole fight that the day the Night King is trying to come to for Bran is because that's their whole thing. That's just their fight. Wow. Eternally. All right. So then uh Beric Dardarian. Dondarian. Dondarian. These names are <laughs> ridiculous anyways that's the the leader of the brotherhood with no banners right yes mm-hmm. so this man has been dead 20 times over at this point he's, yeah he, he barely is able to hold up one of his arms he's he has i'm pretty sure he has a peg leg and a in a missing <laughs> eye but he's up there with his flaming sword which you know once again he's special because all the dothraki get killed <laughs> uh, and he's he's I mean for most of the episode it seemed like he's just yelling at uh the hound being like hey stop being a pussy and start fighting more <laughs> it's just fire and dead people come on <laughs> like at first I was like oh the hound's getting over his whole fire thing and then nope he froze <laughs> <laughs> what did you think John 
No, that's exactly right. And as we mentioned, well, as Melisandre mentions later, it seems like kind of playing to your theory, Stephen, that uh, the the Day King, otherwise potentially the Lord of Light, I guess, <clears throat> um, could be um, guiding everything here. So it's very likely that, uh, and, and I had some theories too before. I don't know if we discussed them on the show last week or not. That um, based on certain events that happened in the books, um, Beric and Darien, uh, that the Hound might end up getting killed in this episode, and Beric and Darien would essentially transfer his like resuscitated life and sacrifice himself to give it to the Hound. I was really disappointed that that didn't happen because that would have meant that Clegane Bowl would have been like light zombie versus like ice zombie you know <laughs> that could have been cool i would have liked he's that that would have been awesome the, the mountain's not an ice zombie though well no that's true he's a science zombie yeah i'm not sure he's he's, <laughs> he's man-made zombie yeah frankenstein he's frankenstein and actually that's even more accurate in the books too they, they he's got so, the head of the dwarf yeah that, that they, they brought back as proof of Tyrion being killed yes yeah, so he's got like a little midget head but he's got his still this giant body. Like that would look so awesome. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I mean, if, if you look at it from that angle, yeah, everything that happened in this episode, including the actions of Melisandre, were all with that very specific intent of guiding the events into this specific set of like chain reactions that led to how it concluded. In a way, this was a very interesting week for these kinds of stories. Because we just saw Endgame as well. And I felt like this was... Spoilers for Endgame. Spoilers for Endgame. Well, maybe not so much spoilers, but uh, I felt like as far as uh, Game of Thrones is concerned, this was that one in 14,605,000 outcomes where everything had to play just exactly right to work out this way. Yeah, and then so they were just using some insurance to make sure the pieces lined up on the board just so. Basically, yeah. Because they said once Beric Dondarrion fell... Uh, Melisandre was like, he's done what he needed to do. Now you need <clears> to do what you need to do. Well, so how did he, how did Beric die? Uh, essentially, he was just kind of holding the a uh, bunch of zombies back. That's right. Like he Dude, was just. I was so mad. I wanted him to just go. Like they had that picturesque scene with him, like arms outstretched in the hallway and everything. And then he like he somehow afterwards, after holding back these White Walkers. Then made it back into that room and then died in there. Yeah, like just have him die in the freaking hallway. Not only it, did like, he, you, not only did he, he, he make it after he he got up after they were just drilling him in the back. He yeah. he was fast enough to get in front of them and still close the door. Like that's unbelievable. <laughs> well, he, he was lighter because he's missing all that blood now. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. You know, what I really did like, though, and we'll be jumping around, I suppose, but yeah. I want to say that I really enjoyed one of the, the highlights of this episode was that library scene mm-hmm. with Arya. Mm-hmm. Because it was just, I mean, you you go from the commotion, the fighting, the screaming, everything that's going on outside. At this point, the zombies are already inside Winterfell. And just... Like, I was literally holding my breath because I didn't want to make any noise during that whole scene. <laughs> you know, and that, that scene really caught me off guard because I was like, this, the very scene very be- right, right before that with Arya is like her being a badass and just killing people with that fucking weapon that she had Gendry make for her, which I thought was going to be a bigger deal. Like, it did split in two at one point. I was like, this is a fucking badass. But yeah. then she kind of like, 
she she gets overwhelmed and then does that bell, like that uh, combat roll over a whole bunch of zombies down a staircase and then she hits her head and then now she's just hiding yeah. in the in the library and I was like, why is she why is she hiding? Like she was doing such a good job. I think they, they wanted to like depower her mm-hmm. in that moment and show just how crazy these overwhelming forces are and that it had to be like strategic. But then they were also very clearly setting up the fact that, like, no, she real quiet she for re- the ending. <laughs> this is true. You're right. Yeah, her drops of blood were louder than she was. Yeah. Yeah. Besides the fact that the White Walkers themselves are walking around going, <laughs> and stuff. But then the blood drop is too loud. <laughs> Maybe they also smell it. I, I, it's got to oh, yeah. be. They're like sharks. And then she turns around the corner, and there's a White Walker right in front of her, and she just like straight up shoves a knife up its throat. And I was like, oh, that was awesome. Which was awesome. That yeah. was awesome, yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, Beric Dondarrion, he passed. Now, uh, Liliana Mormont, which everybody loves little little Lord Lady ass she, kicker <laughs> so there's a thing to her she was actually only supposed to ever have like this like one appearance right in the show uh-huh and they were just like nope everyone loves her keep her around <laughs> keep her- and then she got to have this like awesome final finish could you imagine being that young actress i don't know her name but being that young actress and being like people really responded to my being a badass and want me around <laughs> and getting to play the character like this for the, the rest of the season rest of the series I think from the other things we've learned about this actor with her, like doing her like badass like uh, <laughs> break dancing, like, break dancing and whatnot, she knows that she's awesome. <laughs> That's why they got her. So yep. she literally, her character is like, as we saw in the last episode, she tells Jorah, "I'm not going down into the crypt. I'm I'm the I'm Lady Mormont. I'm I'm here to fight with my men, kind of thing." And she's there. She's at the the forefront of the battle. And what comes through that fucking gate? But a goddamn walk, white walker giant, giant, and yeah. she does not give a fuck. She she goes up to it and it fucking slaps her down. Like, oh, that could not feel good. No, but she's that's not like a puppy. <laughs> what was that? I gone in that moment. Oh, so did I. I thought she was. I thought she definitely had bit it, and I was like, no, she can't die in just that. Like, she's she's the ass kicker. <laughs> and then uh, she gets up. It it crushes her ribs and pulls it closer to her. He's about to like eat her. Like I think even, yeah, I think you said even Attack on Titan moment. Yeah. And then she just straight up stabs him right in the eye. And did she have a Valerian steel weapon or was no, that a, that was a dragon glass? It was dragon glass. Okay. Like, you heard the sound. They, they were very clear to put the sound in every time someone used dragon glass to take one of them down. Oh, I must have missed it. What was the sound? What what did There's, it sound like? Like it sounds like almost like chime like chimes with sand running over them oh okay as opposed to valyrian steel yeah like valyrian steel we might have heard a time when valyrian steel going through one of them also did that but i didn't hear it when people use valyrian steel weapons okay that i can recall so i mean after you hit it with the the dragon glass you see it just crumble down and yeah she's been squeezed to death so there ain't she's she's not much more for the world after that i'm, I'm yeah, sure she, she goes down out. with the with the in the grasp of the dying giant zombie and then as we pull away from like an aerial shot we just see like the whole place is being overrun by zombies anyway like think she if she was still alive she probably got trampled yeah that's, that's yeah. also true because that's even before the point where the night king raises his new army yeah and she was one of them was she? Yeah. Oh, I missed that. Yeah. yeah, you see her very clearly, like, open her eye. <laughs> and oh, that's right. Yeah, I did see that. So, kind of going back to that scene then uh, with the, zomb- the, uh, the Night King 
raising his newly fallen army. Um, the one realized, thing that everybody complained about, yeah, or foresaw, we realized what, dude, oh, the Crips were not a good idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, They're I'm really, bad. I'm not. I'm one of the ones that was like, oh no, the the Night King didn't kill those people in the Crips, so thus he wouldn't be able to raise them. But apparently, I was also wrong. Yeah, as long as the body's still intact, it, and there's even the slightest bit of like musculature, apparently. Uh, you're still able to be recruited by the Night King, and we saw a few corpses rise from their grave. So that was one thing that I didn't like about the episode also, was you have Sansa and Tyrion in the crypt, and they're sitting there. All they're doing is complaining that they don't get to go out there, and they don't get to be participate in the fight. They don't, they're, they're being looked down upon and Not stuff. Not entirely. Tyrion also complains about why Sansa doesn't think he'd be a good husband. Well, yeah. But that that was their biggest thing, like especially Tyrion's, like, you know what? I'm supposed to be clever. What if I see something that they don't see, and it would help defeat the Night King and stuff like that? Uh, I think it was, but it was Sansa that said, "This is our our way of being brave or being something, yeah. right?" Um, yeah, because he's like, "No, I remember I did that thing with the Mudgate." <laughs> yeah, exactly. So when it finally gets the opportunity for them to to show who they are and how they can help, they all they do is hide. They hide. Well. I think that in that moment they're hiding like the, the the thing for both of them is that they need a second to like be safe, like take in the situation and jump in. I think that they were both about to go out there and start trying to fight. I thought they were going to kill themselves. I thought they were going to kill themselves too. A lot of people took it that way. I didn't take it that way because the way they were holding the blade doesn't seem like that. True. To me. All right. But yeah, I mean, we saw Viserys was keeping, um, you know, is it various or Viserys? Bald, bald eunuch, Varys. Varys. So he was, he was basically keeping a lot of the kids safe. Yeah, like hiding them in a in a in a small little room. Whoever was left in there, how many people do you think was left in there? Like percentage wise of the people that we're not talking about, like twelve people being left. Like realistically, <laughs> they put they put the elderly and kids in there. Yeah, it it would not have been good. Um, so I mean, luckily Tyrion and Sansa get to Varys uh, at the last second, right before uh, the Night King is killed. So us, uh, all of his troops are turned to dust again. But I mean, I feel like that was the opportunity to, to show to show the rest of the world how how badass the two of you could be, and, and they didn't take it. Yeah. I just think that their moment for that wasn't supposed to be them being badasses. I think that moment was supposed to be their relationship. So in. Do you? I guess that's another thing. Do, do you think that from here on, does does the uh, relationship bloom between the two of them? Because I mean, technically, they're still married. Sidelong glances. What was that? I, I, I think sidelong glances. I still think Tyrion dies in the show. Oh, I, I so do I. I I'm I'm not going to be surprised when everybody dies and nobody's left alive. So I can see that too. I, th- I I think that the Night King being dead, if the whole thing with the the Day King is real, uh, which I really like that idea a lot. Um, <laughs> But I'm a, I'm a fan of Godzilla, where you know Godzilla, Mothra, and Ghidorah, and all those things. Like <laughs> their fight happens above people, right. while people are down, just dealing with the consequences. That's uh-huh. what this feels like. That's true. <laughs> um, I was gonna say, uh, it it if Sansa and Tyrion are best at playing the Game of Thrones, you know, John and and Daenerys. Well, maybe not so much Daenerys, but John and 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 Arya are, be- are best at doing this kind of battle stuff. So it will be. It will be Sansa and Tyrion's job to, you know, carry the heavy weight, so to speak, when it comes to fighting Cersei. That's there. That will be there. Now they're done. 
small amount of people. Right, exactly. Uh, okay, next is uh, Theon Greyjoy. This very much saddened me. Like, I felt like... I, I liked his ending, like the whole brand saying, hey, you were a good man. And as it, it, it says here, like, or some other people would put it that, you know, it's he finally he got all three of the living Stark children to be like, hey, we forgive you because Sansa forgave him after she he saved her at uh, the Boltons. Um, John said, hey, you're part Stark, part Greyjoy. And now Bran's like, hey, you were a good man. So. But Arya was still a fuck you. Was he? Was she? <laughs> nah, so. oh. oh, I forgot about Arya. My bad. I don't know. Well, they didn't really have that much interaction no, they directly, didn't. so no. I think they kind of left that one alone. So, you, but still, like he he's he's doing his best to protect Bran, and you know he he was actually doing really well with his with that bow and arrow, but came up against Night King and it was done. I just I mean, felt like he. We've watched him for seven seasons just really get crapped on, and he didn't get to have a more, you know, bigger Indian, I guess, or a more of a redeem. I don't give a shit about Theon. You don't give a shit about Theon? Like, he is a terrible fucking character. I get that, but I just felt like... I, I hate characters that just get shit on over and over and over again. I think like he, he was a shitty person. Like, he, he was like... um. Uh, damn, I forget. Jo- it's like Joffrey. Yes. Joffrey got shit on left and right because he fucking sucks. <laughs> yeah, but see, so shit on you. Jamie is also a shitty character. He started off as a shitty character. We had seven seasons to, to see him get redeemed, though. Like, But that's the thing, though. There were still notes of good under him. I had, like, the, the, the fact that Theon got this much of a redemption is already like, okay. Good. <laughs> You're fine. That's that's yeah. what you get. What'd you say yeah. a second ago, John? When you said when I said uh characters that get shit on all the time? Oh no, I was gonna make a segue into a conversation that um like in the previous season when Mira Reed returned him to Winterfell and she was like, Well, I gotta go and start making some preparations with my father, you know, and protect our people and all that and he was like, Okay, fine. And she was like, um, you know, like my brother died for all this. Like, it, you know, not even gonna say a thank you. And he was like, "Yeah, no." Like, you know, there's much more important things going on now. So the fact that he took a second to like acknowledge Theon, and oh yeah, and to give him like the the thanks right. essentially is like, hey, you know, you're a good dude. Yeah, but isn't that couldn't that also be chalked up to the fact that it's George R. R. Martin's writing and then not George R. R. Martin's writing? Yeah, that's definitely true. I mean, at this point, we don't know exactly what, if any, is the influence of George R. R. Martin anymore. Right. Because this could be completely different from what the books were going to turn out to be. I mean, I think that was one of the biggest complaints after this episode is people were like, not enough people died. And if George R. R. Martin had still been, if this had still been in the books, like we would have seen a lot more dead characters. This is true. I feel like there was way too many. Well, then, then again, there's also like, at least twice as many characters in the books too so it would make sense um and some characters in the books are still alive up until i want to say the equivalent of season five Mm -hmm. that have been killed way early or are drastically changed um just for you know production purposes right um i think most of the night's watch people that like we said earlier the graduating class with uh, john they're mostly all still alive 
Oh, really? Yeah, in the books they are, at least, like I said, as of Dance of Dragons. So it's interesting to see where they're going to go with something like this. Barristan Selmy still alive. He died like last season or two seasons ago uh, with Daenerys. Um, so it's interesting to see how they're going to go with it. What the It's diverged enough now that I'm sure only the broadest of the strokes will be similar. Um, it might not even be Arya that does the deed in um, yeah. in the books. It could be something right. completely different. Right. So that just so the fans of the books could have something so a, a surprise. Yeah. Um, with the death of Great Theon, uh, do we see a resurgence of Yara in the next coming three episodes? I'm gonna say yes because just based on the preview, there's gonna be some naval action going on. So Yara is gonna go up against her uncle. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Which is. Euron. Euron, okay. Which is kind of Theron and, Theon and, and, and Yara put together. <laughs> A little bit. Yara. Uh, all right, so then Jorah Mormont. Uh, like, like this goes into Stephen's Day King theory, but he might have died when he was out there with the Dothraki, came back to life, didn't know why. But we purpose, defend Daenerys. To defend Daenerys, that's right. So we see him and Daenerys after she gets thrown from her? Dragon, yeah, yeah because the dragon like, was being like, uh, like ticks. Yes, <laughs> that, are, that are affecting her dog dragon. Yeah, yeah. The the, the, the... Uh, speaking of dog, yeah, freaking Jarvis. Uh, yeah, the <laughs> that's your Regal right there. When uh, is that is that the dragon's name, Regal? Uh, that that is uh, that John is on. Yeah, oh, that's right, because the the big one is is Drogon, right? So. Uh, all that happening, and then, jo- so it, yep, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, no, yeah. So basically, Jorah just ended a loved, which is defending his lady. That you know, he will always be forever just unattainable. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, it it makes the most sense for him to die right next to Daenerys. Oh, yeah. That's where it was the 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 fact that Drogon was being overrun with. Uh, a bunch of zombies on his back and she's like like he kept throwing her off because you know there's essentially what like you said steven ticks all over his body yeah. he just needed to he's like ah it looked really bad <laughs> like seriously what, what, what could he do at that point but yeah he just had to go higher and and you know essentially shake them all off or and <clears throat> he didn't even shake them off it wasn't until the night king died that they all just kind of poofed away right yeah because yeah. he didn't come rest until he was basically <sighs> They all died. Yeah. And that's when he came down and kind of did that sad little, like, oh, Puppy. You know, I, yeah, next to, wanted to curl <laughs> up next to Daenerys. I was so sure when Daenerys was trying to hit the Night King with the fire that a spear was going to come out of the fire and just straight to the dragon's face. Yeah. So I, did, thought, I thought I was something like so that was going to happen, too. I, I thought it was kind of bullshit, too, that, like, the fire did nothing. Ab- they didn't even burn his clothes. No, yeah. He was, I mean... But, that does kind of put a little bit of a kibosh on the idea that I had for what made the Valyrian steel and the dragon glass special. What's that? Dragon fire? Yeah, like I was thinking the whole reason that Valyrian steel and dragon glass were able to do that stuff is because they were born of magical fire. This but is if true. magical fire did nothing to the Night King, then I don't know. Maybe he was just able to like cool the air so fast around him that <laughs> it just made a bubble of coldness. It's just like Todoroki from my, my hero academia just like that <laughs> yes and i have to take no, your word honestly, for it yeah, i don't know <laughs> I, I think at the end of the day jorah probably like like you said like that's 
That's the, the the death he would have wanted, where his death meant that she got to live. Now, I did see uh, a post on Instagram, I think, or maybe Twitter, the very next day, which was a really nice picture of uh, Jorah and Daenerys, well, the, the actors anyway, kind of mm-hmm. just posing together, you know, having a smile. And uh, Amelia Clark was saying about Ian Glenn, you know, you're simply the best. And just it was just a big old long quote of that Tina Turner song. <laughs> I was like, ouch, that just feels like it's even more in the friend zone. Just <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sure that, that Ian Glenn wasn't like getting there trying Hanging to be, get, into, get into uh, Amelia Clark's pants. You don't know that. I don't know that, but I'm I'm sure he I'm sure he's happily. Hey, hey we uh, involuntary <laughs> celibates, we can recognize it when we see it. Oh wow, oh, God. <laughs> you called yourself that. Awesome. Uh, you know, on this list of of people that died, we don't have a regal or. Whatever the John's dragon on oh, that right. one. No, no, Rhaegal's not dead. Yeah, that one was Rhaegal, and he did not die. But it did kind of look like it for a bit. I thought he did die. He didn't die? No. no. Oh. I thought so, too. He, like, got, like... He got fucked up real good. Was, yeah, he was, like, <laughs> pretty messed up. But no, he didn't die. Oh, yeah. so there's still two dragons to go up against Cersei. Yep. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Not in the so best had, of shape right now, but yeah. I had big questions about the the blue dragons or well like the the dead dragons blue fires effectiveness uh-huh. we saw it take down the the wall in the north right and then all John had to do to get away from the dragon was pop behind that brick wall <laughs> I mean I guess the boiling point or the melting point for brick is a little bit higher than the melting point for hey ice fire I is guess. good against ice walls it's different <laughs> against stone and flesh I mean it's a little different. The, the Pokemon weakness chart. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's rock paper scissors, man. Uh, that's. I mean, so that's good that that John's dragon's still alive. I, I didn't realize that. Anything else you want to say about Jorah? Like he still had um, Sam's family sword, which was also Valyrian, or no? Yes, that was yeah. Heartsbane. Okay. Um, Milsandre. Dra- Mil- Milsandre. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, her when she comes back into town, she tells the Onion Knight Davos, "Hey." Don't worry about it. I'll be I'll be dead by by dawn. You won't have to you don't have to kill me kind of thing. Yeah. Cuz the last words he said to her was that if you come back I'll kill you, right? Yep. Okay. Yeah. So she does her her spell, gives the Dothraki fire. Um she goes up and does another spell and gets the 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 barricade to catch on fire because the, it was so cold that their flame arrows weren't igniting the the wood like they thought it would. Yeah. Uh same with torches, right? Or no, every yeah. time someone went out there with a torch they got hit by uh, a zombie or something. Well, the Night King was casting Blizzard, so it was just making it impossible. (laughs) Mm. So so she gets out there and lays on hands fire, lights up the whole place. I feel like they should have made that a little bit deeper. Like, the barricade should have been deeper. I agree. I was like, what? Five feet across, <laughs> which like. obviously came into play when the zombies decided, okay, all we got to do is just lay down on top of it and thus yeah. sacrifice ourselves so other people can walk. Like, they don't care. They're already dead. They're just doing what they're told. They're just taking one for it, the team. And they didn't even take advantage of like that bottleneck situation that first developed with That's that. That's exactly what I said. It's like, okay, like, cool. They're bottlenecking themselves. Just stand on either side and start whacking away. But nope. Nope. Everybody just got afraid and walked and walked into the gate, which once again is another bottleneck situation. But hey, that's just me. Well, that was when the giant barged through. Oh, so, that's true. Yeah, they I mean, have to deal with the, that. Shouldn't the giant have been able to take care of a fire, you know, barricade that's only five feet deep, anyways? 
walk well, over it really yeah i don't know man maybe but they had to get like a certain it. number of kills first before they unlock the dragon yeah. raider so <laughs> <laughs> you got to call in support uh so uh, eventually at the end of the the end of all the battle the, i mean she did she didn't do much it seemed like but she was the the voice of inspiration for aria like uh she channeled what was the guy who taught aria how to fight how to sword fight that was um Oh shoot! What's his name? The Roger? one serial Forel? The 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 oh oh the, the not today guy. Yeah, exactly. So she kind of channeled him and reminded Arya like, "Hey, what do we say to the the god of death?" Yeah, not yeah. today. Not today. So yeah, serial Forel. So yeah, yes. Um, essentially, that's that was her her big thing after after setting everything on fire was, uh, giving courage back to Arya, setting her back on the path that she knows that she's supposed to be on is there something deeper there is i guess what i'm trying to get at well my interpretation of everything that was going on there is that yeah we know she's a badass but these are overwhelming odds and it was a situation similar to like the lord of the rings with um uh eowyn and the the witch king Okay. Where it's, I I want to say somewhere along the line they're like you know no one can kill the Night King or something like that, and it turns out Arya is no one That's because right. she's a faceless man. So like it, without spelling it out for the audience, uh, you know, like that's essentially I think what the realization was supposed to be made with her. She was like, oh, I can do this. Um, and you know they already established you know last season they established that she's a good fighter. They put in place that she can do that cool little reversal with the blade from one hand to the other um and you know in this episode they portrayed the fact that she's super quiet and can sneak up even in the last episode she snuck up on john right there in the same godswood and uh so you know she's essentially a ninja and so in this one i mean yeah she like out of nowhere she's flying through the air as we've seen all the uh you know shirts you know wait, 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 wait. we're not we're not getting to the the death of niking yet okay but yes, uh, Melisandre or Melisandre is is there to to revigor her, or get her back on the path that she knows that she's supposed to be on. So Melisandre, she essentially knows that Arya is the key; that she's she's the one that's going to have to take out the Night King. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because the the biggest clue out of all of this, which I guess is what sparked the idea in Arya, was when she's repeating to her the prophecy she gave her. Says, "You're going to close many eyes forever: brown mm-hmm. eyes, green eyes, and blue." And what does that mean? Uh, well, it what she the wife, right? Yeah, and she except for Tormund, he's always had blue eyes. Yes, uh, <laughs> and I think that's one of the reasons why they brought that up in the last episode right. as well. It's just kind of yeah. bring that like, oh yeah, the whites have blue eyes specifically, um, because Melisandre pauses before she gets to blue eyes, and I think Arya's the one that finishes it, and she oh, says blue eyes, blue and eyes. that's when she realizes, oh. Like I am gonna close the Night King's eyes or something. When did she? When did she talk to Arya before? Um, in, the, like, in the past. Yeah, when they, when they were when they were in the Riverlands when um, Melisandre was looking for Gendry to take his king's blood. Uh huh. Um, that's the reason why she uh, put Beric and Darian on her list because he essentially sold them to Melisandre. Right. And she thought that was really unfair, and you know didn't want to handle that. So. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was the first time they met, and she says, "Oh, we'll meet again," and here they met again. Okay. So. 
Peter Dinklage. Peter Dinklage. <laughs> Which, in, in there, though, she says green eyes. Cersei's eyes are green. Oh, that's true. Oh, well, Cersei's it could be eyes Cersei. are green. <laughs> <laughs> so then Melisandre, after the end of the battle, everybody's dead, or everybody, all the bad guys are dead. She, she walks right past Ser Davos, who's sitting there at the gates, and walks out into the freezing cold blizzard, rips off her glamour charm, or whatever you want to call that thing her that's running toad, Her toadette. Um, necklace <laughs> her toadette neck. uh, and you know becomes the old hag witch that she is underneath that and just kills over and dies I mean she essentially dies from old age uh, old the age elements. and exposure exposure that's a combination just someone that old just to not be out in the weather like that not naked no. <laughs> and then we see the 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 jewel was glowing a little bit and then it just kind of went out and that's something that's described in the books too that whenever she does anything magical it gets brighter so in this case it losing that brightness looks to me like oh yeah, her magic is no longer yeah she's done i mean she served her purpose she served her purpose yeah it's uh I loved because when when I saw her and the sun was coming up, I was like, "Hey, hey, hey!" She said she'd be dead by dawn. What the fuck's going on? Yeah, he comes up with a sword like ready. Yeah, <laughs> he was du- he was like, "No, no, no! You don't get to live. This is not this is not what's happening here." And then she Only just won. <laughs> she just walks right past him and dead. Uh, all right, now we're getting to the Night King. So as we see, the Night King has made his way through everybody. Uh, did he actually get to fight John? No, no, he never got near him because he raised the army of the dead. That's or, right. Or he his second wave right as John was running towards him. And right. John was at first kind of just like slowly pacing, and then um, at some point the Night King paused, turned around, and did his like arm thing where he's like telling the people like rise for mm-hmm. me. It's the same thing he did in Hard Home right. right at the end, mm-hmm. and that's when John starts to realize, oh shit. He's, you know, casting Mazrez. So <laughs> he, like, started to, you know, charge a little bit faster, but he still wasn't close enough and got surrounded quickly by all the other newly dead people. So even though they wiped out a lot of his previous army, there were just a bunch of people who were ready to take the place. So yeah. I, one of the things that I saw in this, like, in this episode after that part was, like, now that he's rise, raise, raising all the, the newly dead... There's just bodies raining from all over Castle Castle Winterfell. Uh, I didn't like visually. You didn't I thought it looked. I thought it looked cool. I, I like the idea, okay. but like the effect, I thought looked cheap. Fair enough. And clear, I've I've had issues with like even like the Marvel movies, which have like the biggest budget in the world. You know, <laughs> I mean, even with the big biggest budget in the world, you're still they're probably still over overreaching in a lot of stuff there were a few like flashbacks to world war z oh yeah which i wasn't a big fan of the movie anyway and uh yeah like they're basically like like uh like a hive mind of like ants or something yeah they they all literally have one 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 mission it's to to get to yeah and and i don't know like like fast zombies are interesting but i'm just a big sucker for the slow ones because the Night King was also supposed to kind of symbolize like a force of nature, like the unstoppable progression of death. Mm-hmm. So for these to guy, for these guys to be like super fast, like it, it, I think to me it's more dread-inducing when it's a slow encroaching death as opposed to this like tidal wave of you know death. So that's the only part of it that I kind of had a problem with. 
Um, you know, a lot of people on the internet are very divided on this episode in general. <laughs> in general. There's lots of things to be divided about in this episode. Yeah, just, I mean, from the plot armor of certain characters to just the resolution to, like, that was it for the Night King, you know. But, yeah, that's true. But, um, yeah, like, I think that the Night King didn't really have any super, like, personal agenda. He was just created with a single purpose of, you know, doing what he was setting out to do, which mm-hmm. is wiping out humanity. And... Um, more specifically, Bran. Bran, in this case, because he was going to be... Well, Bran was going to be the the hardest obstacle. Because you have to get rid of him to get rid of everything. Once he was out of the way, he could just take his time. He could slowly march on down or even just wait it out and then let Winter take care of everybody for him. That was the confusing part for me. How so? Like, the Night King was just like, now nah, I'm going like, to jump in there, though. When like He could have just let his forces keep going in. And everything would have been fine for him, it seems to me. That is a strange thing that he felt like he personally needed to do that. But I yeah. don't know if there was something specific having to do with that yet. I mean, there's still three episodes to go. And so I'm sure there might be some further narrative. There could be a further twist somewhere down the line. That's um, what I'm hoping for. Somebody said on a different, like a subreddit, um, that the fact that the Night King touched Bran is that the Night King, the part of the Night King is in him now. So even if the Night King lost his physical form, he still exists somehow. I don't Bran. want that because then that just makes this Harry Potter. <laughs> I mean, he already can like see through him and stuff. I don't. Yeah, fuck it. I don't already, want that. They were doing that too because he could tell exactly where he was at all times. Yeah, he's a Legolas. Like, uh, fuck it, come yeah. on, guys. <laughs> well, he's got to up his occlumency to like start <laughs> hiding his position. So, <laughs> as as Stephen. Uh, alluded to earlier uh or i guess they're both of you did uh john gets stuck from getting to the godswoods godswood whatever uh because of the the undead dragon being there yeah he, he's he, the thing will not let him pass that's what, what's the name of that dragon before it died regal regal named after his her sister or her brother his father his father oh okay Wait, no, I take that back. The Regal was the one he was Because Regal's the one that John uses. No, 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 that's right. No, this one was Viserion. Viserion. That's, that's named yeah. her, the, her sister, her brother that died early yes. in this show. That named after Viserys, yeah. Viserys, okay. Um, so, yeah, you know, it, it's breathing fire with that whole... Um, it's it's breathing fire with that missing cheek and stuff like that, which is... Yeah, that was pretty cool. That was a cool effect. I like that. Yeah. Uh, and this also was very Harry Potter reminiscent of the uh, the Triwizard Cup and the Dragon Challenge with Harry. He essentially did the same thing. He hid behind a boulder, and all the fire was just going around him. I was like, yeah, I don't know. You still get pretty bad burns from that heat. <laughs> um, well, that might that might play into the whole dragons or you know Targaryens don't get burned, right? No, we know that he does get burned though. <laughs> He's not full blooded. Damn it! All right, look. Uh, some people have said that he's yelling go in that last stand against uh, Viserion. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I thought he was going to assert himself. Assert himself? Over the dragon. Oh, okay. he was gonna try to Stand his ground and say, no, you. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, so like, Essentially something. I mean, I, I, I thought he was saying no, but apparently people were saying that he's saying go with a G. And that was the cue for Arya to run past the dragon as he was distracting the dragon. Huh, that, that's a maybe. stretch. Have, have none of you seen this? I've, this? Seen, I've seen this theory, but I, I, I think it's a stretch. Really? 
Because yeah. someone says, and I don't know, I, I haven't really gone back to look at it, but someone says you can see something move in the background. But then again, you have to be, you know, have your TV up, <laughs> brightness up or something. That's why it's so dark, so we can't, so you can't see, see everything happening. You can't see Aria moving. Yeah. I don't know if that's true or not, but essentially the very next scene is you get to see one of the 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 White's um, lieutenants, the Night King's lieutenants, his hair move as what's presumably Arya A little fucking... Breeze. You know, fl- ninja flying past him in in about to stab the 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 Night King, who is about to stab Bran. If Game of Thrones was an anime, this whole scene would have played out really badass. <laughs> I mean, it played out pretty badass True. as is. It would have been nuts, and like the theme would have started playing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, when she so the the knife that she has is that knife that. Uh, was also Brand the paper. yeah that was that was going to be used to kill Bran after he was pushed out of the the window because she he knew too much about Jamie and Cersei yeah so is it I mean it's obviously poetic that it's the one that used to save him this is also yeah. a famous knife too in the history of Westeros okay because when we see Sam doing his research in the Citadel uh, he's you know leafing through and they very purposely kind of linger on what he's looking at and there's an entire page with a diagram of that same exact knife mm. yeah so it's it's either like a famous family heirloom of the targaryens or there's something associated with it maybe like a depiction of like oh you know azura high's you know blade is rumored to have looked like you know exhibit a over here <laughs> like it could actually be uh, you know the uh, uh, the blade from the prince that was promised, but yeah, it, it, it's so maybe drawing. it's supposed to be princess. The princess, yeah. Uh, it's uh, it's really hard to make out what it says specifically. Like you can only really see a few words here and there on it, so it's hard to tell what the whole thing says. But yeah, like this is uh, you know, there's a lot of lore presumably associated with this knife. Mm-hmm. It has history within the show as well as being the knife that you know almost ended the life of Bran, and in this case, saved it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Bran purposely giving it to Arya, and then Arya demonstrating she could do a cool little flip since last season was, when she was going up against Brienne. Yeah, it's like such cool foreshadowing. So let's let's talk about that. I, I'm on, I want to talk about the emotions that I had going into this. Like, uh, he's the Night King's about to draw his sword to kill Bran. All of a sudden, out of the dust or shadow or whatever you want to call it that Arya comes flying in through the air you're like I was just like yes and then all of a sudden the Night King spins around super fast grabs her by the neck stops her mid air and I was like no and then she does the the little the drop the sword the knife drop into her you know her it's actually going from her left hand which is her off hand into her right hand which is her predominant her dominant hand and then stabbing him right in the gut well Daria's left-handed is she yeah now uh, Maisie just, Williams is right-handed oh but, but uh yeah so for the show she anytime she trained with weapons and stuff it was always left-handed so essentially she became ambidextrous because of the show uh, but yeah anytime you see her fighting or doing anything it she actually, does isn't it purposely. that dangerous uh, I mean, I'm sure they're not using real swords. No, no. I mean, yeah. isn't it dangerous to to uh, mess with the person's brain to force them to be ambidextrous or using their other hand, their off hand? That I don't I, know. I think. Like, don't get me wrong. There's like a thing to that where like the Catholic Church tried to like retrain everybody so they didn't use their left hands and stuff. Uh-huh. Um, but I mean, 
I think it's probably okay as long as we're not pushing it too crazy. Okay. <laughs> as long as we're not forcing her to sign her, like, you know, contracts and stuff with her left hand. I mean, it's, I mean, we did see. live this role. Daniel Lewis comes by and he's like, no, you're left handed now. <laughs> uh, I did see her use, shooting the bow with her left hand, so I should have picked up on that. So yeah. she did. She does use her uh her weaker arm hand to to stab the night king which is pretty awesome too so yeah uh well i mean how did you guys feel in those moments same same i was like like what's gonna happen like what's this up that there's gonna be a deus ex machina or something come on like what's the deal is bran gonna get up from his chair and like you know bash the night king with it like like got you or something like that you know or <laughs> You got knocked the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> or like did did uh, was this not the the correct weapon that Arya had uh, Gendry make? And did they in fact make like a little rudimentary blunderbuss for him that he was gonna whip out? You know, last minute, like oh, we had to let the let the, the I keep wanting to say the Lich King, the Night King get too close to him so that you know he basically wouldn't have the opportunity to miss. It'd be like you know, just shove it in his gut and blast it in him. So. When I saw that it was Arya, because, yeah, it just came out of nowhere. She just, like, materialized from the shadows. And I was like, whoa. And then, like, he turned around and got her. And I was like, oh, no. Like, what's going to happen here? And then I saw the knife drop, and she caught it. And I was like, no. <laughs> and, like, you know, shoves it up into his belly and is like, oh, that's it. <laughs> yeah, I, that was the feeling I had. I was like, that's, that's where we're at. Because I just don't see how like i i kind of like the idea of the thing that they led to forever not being the important thing i like that idea mm -hmm. but in that exact moment i was like what <laughs> it should have been more it should have been more epic there should have been a bigger fight scene between the two of them there should have been Something. more struggle but yeah i i think it it was a good it was a good play in that second like yeah, maybe he didn't need to to just poof away and, after getting stabbed in the gut, and there could have been more fight between the two of them. But like that, that instant was great. I kind of hoped. Well, I sort of unrealistically hoped that they stopped the Night King, maybe wounded him, but he wasn't dead yet. Something right, and they could still have him around for like another episode. And I was like, "Whoa!" It turns out the Night King was trying to do something for the greater good of the whole world, and like we've been fighting on the wrong side this whole time. Like just something crazy, like a real weird twist like that, where at the end you're gonna have the Night King fighting alongside them with Cersei because Kyburn <laughs> figured <laughs> out like could something psychotic. Could still happen. Yeah, it was just like it was, just, it was like there's got to be something like really like whatever. It's like, oh, he's dead. Okay. What if the what if that essence now passes on to Arya? What if she's now the Night King? There must always be a Night yeah. King. There must always be a Night King. <laughs> All right, so that's that's everybody in the episode. Is there anything else the two of you would like to go over that you we you feel we missed that we didn't talk about? Not personally. No, I think I think that was a pretty good thing overall. I I really enjoyed the episode. Uh, like Steven said, it, 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 for him, it might have been great uh, just because he, he watched it with, with me. Or well, yeah, thanks for the invite, by the way, guys. You know what? It was last second. You were still at work. Shut up. My, me being there was super last second. It was last second, second, yeah. I literally made him have to watch it later. Yeah. Because of when I got there. <laughs> so, uh, cool. Uh, if, there's, if there's nothing else, we'll, we'll wrap it up here. 
Um, if you have any opinions on this episode or, or any of the stories we talked about, we'd love to hear from you. You can find me on Twitter. I am at Mitchipedia, G-E-M. G-E-M stands for Geek Elite Media. John is also on Twitter as... I am at Magic Bollocks. And you can find Steven at... I'm all across the internet on uh, Twitter, Instagram, all those things as either Peppermint Gentleman or Peppermint Gent, just short version of that. Or you can find me on Thursday nights or Friday nights uh, playing D&D on twitch.tv slash mod20gaming. That's two and a zero in the middle. It's a good time. You should be there. <laughs> the rest of Geek Elite Media is at Geek Elite Media on Twitter, at Geek Elite Media on Instagram, and Facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Media is our Facebook page. Check out archive episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on the Geek Elite Media Network on our website, geekelitemedia.com. But until next time, this is the Geeks Watch on the Geek Elite Media Network saying, always remember to geek Geek out. This concludes our broadcast. Mitch here from Geek Elite Media, and I want to talk to you about Cuts by Candice, an experienced hairstylist that is willing to work with you to get the right look for you. When it comes to important events in my life and I need to look good, I trust my hair with Candace. Mention our promo code GEEKOUT when making your appointment through the end of May 2019 and you will get 10% off your hair services. Follow Cuts by Candace on Facebook and Cuts by Candace 3 on Instagram and start looking the best you, you can.